Welcome to the Home Team Podcast. Welcome to the Home Team Sacramento Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto, and with me today is Vance Charvo and Troy Spivey, also known and maybe better known these days as the Charity Golf Guys. What's going on, guys? Hey, Josh. How's it going? Appreciate Good, you man. having us on here. We're excited to talk about kind of what we do and just see what you got asking for us. Yeah, man. I'm excited to have you guys on. So, Troy, if, if people haven't heard any of the, it feels like 500 podcasts that I've started uh, Troy, you've been on my podcast. <laughs> you and your brother, Zach, have been on my podcast a few times, the Spivey special podcast. Um, so we've done this a few times. Vance, man, this is the first time you and I have been on a podcast. Believe it or not, yeah, you're, first you're actually time. on a list of uh, people that I wanted, especially for this podcast. I know you're a coach, also a business owner, uh, the owner of Mr. Pickles, um, and then obviously now the charity golf guys. So a lot of uh, roads we could have gone down. But then before I got a chance to ask you guys on, Troy reached out and said, hey, Let's talk. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You guys are on my list. So you guys made it easy for me. You reached out instead of me having to, having to reach out to you guys. So, um, and, and Bands, man, you, you were, if people weren't familiar with Character Combine, uh, you and your pops, Don, were uh, huge for us the last, I think, what, three years, four years? At least three yeah. years. Yeah, we, uh, it was three years. Uh, that was a fun event, man. We were out there slinging sandwiches for all those kids and uh, kind of got us started in the, uh, in the, mobile, uh, the mobile food industry. So it was a, it was a good time out there. Well, hey man, we loved having you guys there. And, and I'll tell you this. So Shireen, uh, who was kind of the director of the whole thing on the, on the day of the event and all that, um, like she ran that thing, like a well-oiled machine and she was very particular about who she brought in and who she would, you know, we had vendors in previous years that didn't work out, you know, those coyotes. I mean, some of these other places, the food's good, but it wasn't great working with them. Um, and then when I mentioned your name, the, that first year you worked with us, um, uh, afterwards, she's like, oh, we're going to have them back every time. And so I think it speaks to what you guys do as a business and how you guys operate because coming from her specifically, that's like the highest praise you can get. And when she has well, you back three years it. in a row, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not joking, man. I'm not just saying that because you're on the podcast. Like anybody who knows her knows like if she's having you guys out for three years in a row, that must mean you guys do good business. So, um, man, I'm just, like I said, I'm just uh, happy to have you guys on here and, and talk more about your, your business. But before we do that, uh, tell us a little bit about your guys' athletic and coaching background, because I know you guys have both you guys both played at BV, and then you guys both coach. But uh, I want to hear from you guys. Tell me a little bit about the athletic and coaching background. Yeah, Troy, you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, looking at us, I don't think you could say either of us are athletes anymore. That's for sure. Um, we graduated some time ago. Um, in high school, I played a little bit of basketball. Uh, I was. Uh, tall as I am now in sixth grade. So I was the center on the freshman team and I stopped growing and I had center skills at five, nine. So that ended real quick. Um, I ended up just playing baseball, the remaining of my high school career, um, graduated high school. And the very next year started coaching baseball at Bella Vista coach baseball, I believe for about six years, head coach of the freshman head coach of the JV kind of bounced back and forth for all the kids around. So right there, that's about as far as we go now at my ripe old age of 34 just had a birthday um all we do is golf occasionally and we're 
we're really good at that. We need to find some coaches for that, but we'll kind of talk <laughs> about that more as we get going. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and with me, kind of a similar situation, uh, I played football. Uh, that was my main sport. I played a little bit of baseball and wrestled early on in high school um, up until sophomore year, and then I decided to focus on football. Um, I was kind of like Troy. I was not uh, a big, tall, you know, athletic guy. I was just a, a grinder, a hard-nosed guy. I played D-line. Uh, I was in the trenches a lot. Um, I just loved football. I was playing it ever since I was eight years old. Uh, I played for the Junior Huskies in Orangevale. Uh, ended up going to Bella Vista and played all four years there. Um, and then right after I co- uh, finished um, playing, my coach, Coach Grush, uh, he asked me if I wanted to come back and help out with the freshman staff. Uh, so I stayed on and, and helped out there. And I learned from a few great coaches, you know, um, before me, uh, coached for freshman football, JV football, uh, coached varsity football for a year, and then ended up back at the freshman level uh, as the head coach over there at Bella Vista for five years. Um, and I was there under a couple different head coaches, uh, Coach Grush, uh, and then there was Matt Polston, uh, and then Tom Ingles. Uh, and then when they finally got the new coach in, uh, things didn't work out. And I actually ended up across town over at uh, Casa Roble. So, and I've spent my last eight years over there at Casa as the head freshman coach uh, under Coach Horner uh, and just enjoyed my time over there. Had some great seasons. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been an awesome experience. I was, you know, really welcomed over there at CASA for being a crosstown rival coach, um, you know, but they really took me in and uh, I, I loved working with Coach Horner over there and, and he's a great guy and I have nothing but great things to say about him. So it's been an awesome experience to get to know, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of kids over these years uh, and help them, you know, with the game that I love. I grew up playing and I'm passionate for it, uh, you know, so it's been a blast. So. Definitely some coaching experience. I wish I could have played at the second level, but it never really worked out. It just ended up high school. It was, was good enough for me. And um, coaching has been a passion of mine for the last 16 years. So that's been awesome. That's awesome. And I'll say this too, man. If, if someone's listening to this and they don't, they've never felt welcomed by Coach Horner, then there's probably something messed up with you. Like if you don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that dude, it just loves people so much. He's been a guest on the show um, a little ways back, but just an awesome dude. I didn't, I didn't play for him. Um, but I, I saw him walking around Cass's campus all the time. And even now when I go back there and visit or, or go meet with him, he's like the mayor of that freaking place. Like he just walks around. He really is. Yeah. And it's I know amazing. you've come out a couple of times and talked to a couple different uh, of the sports teams and, uh, you know, shared some of your knowledge and, um, but yeah, coach Horner just kind of, he does everything for the kids, man. And it, whether it's, you know, setting up, um, you know, motivational speakers or going above and beyond and doing food drives and the whole thing he did with the paradise fire a few years ago. I oh, mean, yeah. it, it just, he just loves the community. He loves the kids and, and he's such a great guy. Absolutely. Now, before we, I have to ask this question because you guys both kind of, this is kind of something you guys both did with your coaching careers before we jump into your business, but you guys both were young coaches. You guys went back to coach fairly young. Now I'm always fascinated by this idea of going back when you're a young coach, because sometimes guys I've talked to, they have a tough time going back too soon, especially if they play at the next level. Like I've talked to some D one guys. They're like, man, I went back and I thought this would be a great idea. And I wanted to rip the kids heads off because there's all that raw passion. They're like, man, like they just don't get it. And it's like, yeah, but you're coming from a high level of whatever sport you're playing and then kind of bring it back down to a different level. So what was that experience like for you guys when you guys had to go back? You didn't have to go back, but you went back to coach at such a young age where there was still that, I'm sure that competitive fire that was still in you. Was that a difficult transition or did you guys handle that pretty well? I think for me, I mean, it made me more relatable, right? Sure. Um, and actually, so in my experience, I had one of those coaches, my, let's see, it must've been my senior year, um, who had 
played four years, I think at Sac State and ended up coming back and helping out. And he was, he was still younger. You know, I was 17 years old and he was 21, maybe 22. Um, and it was relatable. So we actually had something in common where I didn't have anything in common with the, you know, the 56 year old defensive coordinator, you know, and that's yeah. just, just what it was, you know, yeah. and he was, he was my D coordinator. He was the, he was the guy in charge, but I had more in common with my defensive line coach because he was closer to my age and he kind of understood. So I know for me, when I started coaching, I was able to relate to the kids um, you know, still being a little bit of a gap because I was just graduated and these were freshman kids. I wasn't coaching, you know, the varsity kids right away. Um, and I, I realized that I had to tone it down a little bit, knowing that I was a freshman at one time too, you know, and, um, you know, some of the stuff that we did at the freshman level was kind of teach them how to put their socks on, right. You know, put tie their shoes and do everything from the basics because you have to make sure you got those fundamentals, right. So it was hard. Um, but I think that was what I loved about it was the competitive nature. Um, I could still be competitive. I was the type of coach that would run up and down the sidelines. You know, if our kid got a pick six at the 20 yard lines, I probably beat him to the end zone, you know, which is not saying much. for Whoa, our kid, let's, but. Let's, <laughs> let's not go too crazy here, but I definitely still had that competitive juice. I didn't have to lose that in order to coach, you know, right out of high school. Um, yeah. and I think the kids, respected it. I think they enjoyed it. You know, I was, the, yeah. I was right there with them screaming and yelling and, you know, hooting and hollering and getting them amped up for the game. And they're like, coach, you're not even playing. Yeah. So I feel like they, they enjoyed that and they, they yeah. respected that. So it actually made my coach easier. Sure. Um, it felt, I felt relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Sim- similar to what Vance was saying is like, I always got along uh, football and baseball, are obviously a little bit different of a game of bigger teams, smaller teams. Um, I, I was the same way. The younger coaches, I felt more relatable to, um, when I did coach my first year after graduating, you know, um, at the same school where I graduated, I'm coaching at the JV level where there's some brothers of, um, people that I played with. So they knew me already. So that kind of distancing yourself there was a little hard at first is what I felt. Um, but I think it, like Vance says, I, I just came out of the program. You know what I mean? So I know what to expect. I know what they're going to expect up on that varsity level, what's going to fly and what's not going to fly. Um, and we kind of taught those kids at the JV level what they needed to know at the varsity level. So as a young coach, um, when I got my, uh, the second year I coached, so I'm 20 years old as a head coach. I mean, I think pretty similar to Vance, you know. I'm coaching 14 year olds, six years younger than me. And then it, it, it was, it took a little bit of time to realize, you know what, I'm, I'm the one in charge. I'm the one, you know, making the decisions. Um, so definitely coaching was hard for me at first. And then when I got a little bit more comfortable, um, I had a guy with me, Ryan cook, I'm sure, yeah. um, you know, Ryan cook, but yeah. he, he was my assistant. He was in, he had coached right after he graduated. So he had a year under him. So, and then we had, like Vance said, we had the 56 year old that would tell stories about how the Berlin wall fell or whatever, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And then we had to be like, you know, it's kind of like my space top five or whatever. So like he said, you could relate to the kids a little bit more. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I think that's a, that's a cool aspect of coaching at a younger age that like you do have that relatability and they do feel more comfortable when they're around you. And I think if, if the younger coaches understand that and they understand that idea, like, Hey, like you, like you said, Vance, I don't have to lose the competitiveness. In fact, if you're going to do a disservice to the kids, if you lose that, you got to keep that fire, Definitely. Yeah, but got to keep that, mm-hmm. keep it in check. And like you said, you also understood, you guys both understood that, okay, these are, I'm dealing with young kids. It's like when you become, we all have kids, right? It's like when you become a parent, it's like, I'm not dealing with a grown adult here yet. They're, they're, 
they're throwing a temper tantrum or they're losing their mind like you know and it's like okay i have to remember i'm 34 my my kids are th- three and a half and one and a half it's a huge gap there you know kind of the same thing sometimes are sometimes young athletes uh, act like a three and a half or one and a half year old depending on who you're coaching too across a couple of <laughs> that is definitely true we've come across some of those Man, well, I, I think I think not only that too as a young coach dealing with some of the parents. I think at first was a little bit difficult, but you know the more seasons you get with dealing with you know um, expectations, just putting that on the out in the front early on coaching. Be like, hey, listen, you're probably not going to play that much. You know what I mean? We've got 18 guys on the roster, or whatever it is. We got nine slots. You know. And then just kind of breaking it down there and then making cuts was interesting as a young coach. And it's just everything you learned real quick. And it's just kind of something you had to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Well, and that's, that's, you know, kind of to transition into your guys' business, all of these things, all of these pieces of knowledge, all this insight you guys have as coaches, um, all the pressure that comes with coaching, the stresses that come with coaching, you know, how it adds another layer of, um, you know, things that you have to deal with, right? Like you guys, you guys both have families, jobs, all these things that you have to deal with. And then on top of that, you take on the coaching thing, right? And then on top of that, there's, it's not like you're just doing the X's and O's, right? You have to do things like fundraising. You have to do things like all, you know, all these other business-like things that help your program run. And so I imagine that some of that insight and knowledge is what led you guys to starting this charity golf guys tournament or um, business. But like, Tell me a little bit, like, how did it start and and how has that your knowledge as coaches and understanding that side of the world helped you with this business too? Vance, go for it, big man. Well, so we started this business. It's been recently started, but we've been running golf tournaments for 11 years. Um, and it started more, I wouldn't say it started because of coaching. That's obviously helped. Um, But it started because of the Crystal Rodriguez Memorial Scholarship Foundation. Um, That's kind of where it all started back when, uh, you know, Crystal passed away. Um, And we came together as friends and family and started this foundation. um, And we needed a fundraiser, right? And I think what happened was Troy and I took over that role of running the golf tournament because we were in sports, because we were in leadership roles, um, you know, in our community coaching and things like that. We were, we felt comfortable with putting people in place and kind of, you know, helping out where need be, but that's kind of where it started. I wouldn't say it started because of coaching, but I think that our, you know, our assets and skills that we developed from coaching um, have helped us run this golf tournament into what it was. And then that golf tournament kind of blossomed into what is known now as our business as the charity golf guys. Um, we just found a love for golf, um, you know, and, and being able to put on these tournaments and, and have people enjoy it um, and play games and, and, you know, interact with the community, get the kids out there, um, you know, and raise money for a good cause. That's kind of what started it all. But like I said, I think the coaching aspect of it really helped us nail down our roles um, and being able to take over, you know, the whole thing. It, it was, it was kind of like Troy just said with the first year of coaching, it, we didn't know what to do, right? He was unsure of a lot of things and that's how it was in our first year of the golf tournament. Um, we weren't sure, but we created a plan over the next 11 years um, that is now what we use as a staple for our business um, and that we provide to our customers and our clients Um to run their golf tournaments. So we've taken stuff like a coach would, right. And learned over the years what worked and what didn't work. And we put it down on paper. Um, and now we have a pretty 
unique system of order in order to do things. So I think it was almost like a game plan, um, you know, in, in a sports analogy. It's one of those things. Um, you've been doing something for almost a decade. Um, the first year, year, like Vance was saying, when we ran our tournament, I'm not going to, you know, color it one way or the other. It wasn't very good. We had 34 golfers the first time out. And we realized, you know, after a decade of doing it, how difficult it is to start up a golf tournament from scratch if you don't know exactly what you're doing. If you don't give yourself the proper amount of time to run your tournament, we thought that first year that we could run a tournament in a month and a half to two months. It takes about six months to run a golf tournament properly with all the different things that you have to do from sponsors, from getting the course, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many things that go into a golf tournament. And one thing, like you're saying with coaching and fundraising, we understand most coaches have full-time jobs and then you have to go out to practice. And then you, let's say for on the baseball side of things, you have to prep a field. Then you got to do practice. You got to put the field away. Then you have coaches meetings and all this. The last thing that you want to do at the end of the day is go out then and also work on a fundraiser. So that's kind of way that we, that's the kind of the way that we um, kind of focused our business plan. Um, at first, we weren't sure exactly how we were going to get in there before we launched it. And then we, we've taken a few meetings and we've kind of shaped it to where we do, we say this all the time, we do a lot of the work. And that's what gets these fundraisers to be so great. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm glad you guys brought up the um, the Crystal Rodriguez Memorial Golf Tournament because uh, it's it's crazy because I I didn't I know I knew who Crystal was I didn't know her personally but obviously we went to the same school um, and we had Victor on the Character Combine podcast and that's still up so I would encourage anybody who's listening to this if you don't know the story go back to that episode because Victor shares the whole thing and um, it's yeah it's it's really moving what he what he shares so I would definitely go back and listen to that but um, it is crazy because I know I know you guys are involved heavily in that but when you said eleven years man. That's crazy. Like it doesn't feel like it's been you guys have been doing it that long, but that makes sense that that was like the genesis of this whole charity golf guys thing. Because like in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, they just started this business, but you guys have been doing this for a long time, like you said. So um, that's crazy, and I imagine that's something that's, that's got to be like a highlight for you guys when you guys are approaching new clients and they're like, hey, how long have you guys been doing this? We've been doing this for a decade, and so that's got to instill a lot of trust in them when you guys have these conversations. I would imagine. You know, it's funny because we we have been doing it for a long time um but still when you meet new people and you, and you take on new clients there's still some hesitation right yeah they're they're not sure they're unsure maybe they don't know us they're not sure what we've done so there still is some hesitation to you know jump right on board and, and say hey yeah, let's do it um but just like with anything you know communication and, and and working through things and um you know showing them what we can do uh, that's eventually what what leads them to you know kind of hop on board and, and ultimately let us make some money for them, you know, and, and like what Troy said, let them worry about the coaching side of it. You know, don't, don't worry about the fundraising. Let us do this for you. We'll take care of it. We'll give you a big check at the end, you know, and you go coach, you know, do the, do the thing that you love to do. I know, I know you don't love, you know, trying to get money from local businesses. You know, they may love playing golf and they may love, you know, being out there with the kids, but they probably don't love planning it like we do. Right. So that's one of the things that we've been able to do is, is you know, we want to help everybody. You know, we, we want them to go do what they love and we'll do the stuff behind the scenes and, you know, run this tournament. And it's not just for us. We're, we're doing it for the, you know, for the organization. We're going to make you some money. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That's kind of why we started the business. You know, we've been talking about it for a couple of years now. Um, running the golf tournament for Crystal Rodriguez Memorial Scholarship is one of our favorite things to do. Vance yeah, and I are never- texting all day. We're making phone calls, et cetera, et cetera. We wouldn't still be doing it on that side of things uh, with the nonprofit if we didn't love to do it. Because, you know, that's obviously a volunteer thing for us to be on a nonprofit, being directors there. So, we found something that we love more than most people probably should, and that's charity golf <laughs> tournaments. And we made a business out of it. I mean, anytime you can yeah. get us out there, I mean, we're we're average golfers at best. I mean, you can ask Vance. Uh, yesterday, he got a little backside whooping, but it's something that we love, and we wanted to just share the knowledge that we've gained over the past 10 coming up on 11 years, October 1st, 2022, depending when this podcast actually goes live. I mean, it's going to be our 11th annual uh, Crystal Rodriguez Memorial Scholarship tournament uh, out there at Lincoln Hills, 9 a.m. shotgun start. And we're so excited, so excited every year to go out there and take on this golf tournament. So I'm just looking at the calendar. So this will come out next Thursday morning, like 5 a.m. So that's the 22nd. So when they hear this right now, is is there still time to sign up for that tournament, or is it? Are you guys booked? Always time to sign up. If they Always. if somebody's interested, have them reach out to us. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll make it work. We we're not going to turn anybody down. So always go. always time to to raise some money for a good cause. Perfect. Then if you guys are listening, pause the podcast, go sign up, contact these guys, then come back and, and finish <laughs> listening to this. Cause that's a, it's a, it's a huge thing. I love all the stuff that you guys do from, I, I've played in the softball. We've, we've participated in a softball tournament. We got smoked every year. <laughs> it's such a shame. It's such a shameful showing. Uh, was we, was it at the indoor, was that the indoor tournament or the outdoor tournament? No, was, we did two outdoor tournaments. Both were, I did one gotcha. with, uh, I did one just a men's tournament and see the problem with these things. I don't want to get off, t- off track too much, but the problem with some of these like adult men's leagues is some of these dudes that you don't know, like when you're scrambling to find people, it's like, okay, I need like two more guys. These I dudes, can, I can play. <laughs> you, you, I think we played against you. No, us. that's what, that's what, the, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. saying that's what they tell you. The way, well, uh, I used to play short stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure. You did. It's like, he's like, one guy's like, Hey, so what are the home run rules? Like home run. I'm like, Oh, we have a banger on our team. He hit. He didn't even hit out of the infield. Like, man, I was expecting. You know, what are you asking for, man? I know. Like, we don't have Juan Soto here. You know what I mean? What are we doing? She just wanted to know for the other teams, not for yeah. him. <laughs> how, many, how many bombs can I give up? It's like, don't worry about yeah. it. But, um, but no, it's that it, from the softball tournament to the. Um, I've never been to the golf tournament, but I know a lot of people that participate, and they and they just love it. And see, that's the cool thing. And I don't know if people really think about this because, like you said, one, a golf tournament is a big task. And it's probably intimidating for someone to even think about putting on. But when you start thinking about the, all the positives, obviously financially, I know CASA makes a ton of money when they do their golf tournament. But then the other side too is it, it continues to build off of each tournament. So you have, if you have, a, and tell me if I'm wrong, you guys are the pros. If you have a successful tournament one year, word spreads and that next year is most likely going to get bigger. And then you have like repeat customers, but then you have people that want to get in on the next year and it just keeps building. So it's not just like a one time, like, hey, we're going to make, X amount of dollars every single year. There's a really great opportunity to make a ton of money and more money each and every year. Is that is that accurate? Am I am I seeing that correctly? Yeah, definitely. The snowball effect is is real. Um, yeah, I think Troy. We started the first tournament with what was it? Thirty three golfers. Yeah, thirty three or thirty four golfers. Yeah, the first year. And the last three years, we've had 144 golfers at each tournament. Um, you know, so <laughs> you're talking about you know ex- exponentially exponential growth there. 
Um, and it is, it's become a staple. People put it on their calendars, right. you know, that first weekend in October and they, they're ready to go. We send out the, the flyer and they're signed up within a couple of days because they, they enjoy it. Um, and Troy and I, what we do is we, we try to make it as fun as possible for the golfers. Uh, we're not going to sit there and nickel and dime you on every hole. We're not going to make you pull out your wallet and donate more to the cause. Yeah, we appreciate anything that you can give, but we have a few few different games that we play that are you know fiscally driven. Um, but other than that, we're there to have a good time. Um, and at the end of the day, all of the things that we do will, will end up raising money. But we're not going to you know nickel and dime everybody and try to steal everything. And I think that's one thing that you know people really enjoy. They come to our tournament and they have a good time. Um, so they end up coming back. It, it shows we've been doing it for 11 years and we've been full, you know, the last four or five years. So it really shows that the people enjoy what they're doing, what we're doing. And, and it's really, you know, it's humbling to see because people love it so much. And that's kind of what we were, were talking about, about, um, how the first year of your golf tournament is so important. Most people, they go out there and they throw out a tournament like we did the first year and they give up. Um, a lot of golf tournaments don't last longer than three to five years. And um, with the um, package and the way that we shape our golf tournament now, it's one of those things that's a plug and play type of thing where we can, it takes us a lot less time to run a tournament than it did the first year is sure. like we were talking about. We give the date out for our tournament. So on October 1st, when we're giving out um, our awards and all that, we're going to give the date for the following year and people are going to go ahead and put that in their phone. So they already know when it's going to be the next year, because that's how much we get asked when the golf tournament's going to be. We try to set at the same time. It's the first or second uh, Saturday in October, and then people are ready to go. And it's one of those things like Vance was saying, if you're going to give me 125 to $150, let's say to play in a golf tournament, I want to give you 125 to $150 worth of fun and entertainment. Yeah, and also how that money we're still you're still giving it to a nonprofit and to a charity or whatever or to a sports team, but now it's almost worth it to where it doesn't even feel like you're actually giving that money out. Right. Yeah, and I think that's um, that is a cool thing. It's interesting that you guys said that too about this idea that people put in their calendars and people just know when it's coming up because, like I told you guys earlier, I don't golf at all. But even before you guys post anything about it, like in my mind. I already know when the Crystal Rodriguez golf tournament is. Same with Castle. Like I know when Castle's golf tournament is going to be like roughly. And so it is a like a really good, easy, easy marketing thing too. Like people just are are hungry for it because, like you said, you guys do a good job and you guys make it a lot of fun. And it's it's something that people look forward to. So I think that's a that's an awesome thing. Now let me ask you this: like, so for a sports team, uh, if a sports team or coach is listening to this, you don't have to go into specifics, but like, obviously you do multiple types of fundraisers throughout the year, but like. How much will a golf tournament alone, if it's run properly, how much of a, a I guess, budget or I guess, how much of a, a fundraising boost will it give their program? <clears throat> Excuse me. So what we what we like to do, right, is we want we want to get 100 golfers. Um, that's our goal. Um, if we can get 100 golfers, there's no doubt in my mind that we can make a program $8,000. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's being modest. I'm not like, you know, I'm not shooting my own horn or anything. We're not going to say that we're the greatest, but we know what we can do and we have a blueprint to do it. And I mean, that's a lot of money for a program. Now we have to fill that, you know, a hundred, hundred golfer tournament, right? We're talking to the crystal one that we have is 144 and we make well beyond that. So, and it took us some time to get there, 
But we think that, you know, with a hundred hundred golfers, we can go into a, in a tournament and make a program around $8,000. And, so, and the thing is, it really, the risk really isn't there. You're going to be making profit just yeah. with golfers coming in, what you're going to charge the golfer. And that's another thing. A lot of people don't know what to charge a golf tournament. I don't like, let's say it's the first time. I don't know what a normal golf tournament is. Vance and I play and look around at so many different golf tournaments. We could tell you exactly. Um, there's a possibility we're going to be running one in Arizona, which is kind of wild, but we know, that's awesome. we know all the prices at the golf courses there now. You know what I mean? And the Northern California is where we kind of lay our hat a little bit. So we, we have really good relationships with all the different tournament directors in the area. So we know exactly you should make anywhere from as Vance was saying, anywhere from about $75 to $150 per golfer, depending on our sponsors, depending on how many people we get there and so, so on and so forth. Yeah. And I like, I like what you're saying too, about the, the fact that you guys have been able to, excuse me, have been able to build relationships with people too, because obviously this is called home team and the whole concept and idea is that, you know, we're all competing against each other, whether it be a Friday night or on the baseball field or basketball court, we're all competing against each other. We want to win. But at the end of the day, if you're a coach or an athlete and your your goal ultimately is to make the community better, to make your athletes better, their families better, then we're all a part of the same home team. Like we have the same common goal, even though we're trying to, you know, crush each other during the during the weekend games. But what you said, a big part of that is being part of this home team, you have relationships with people. And I imagine that's something that can is a huge benefit for people that are like, okay, I want to do this golf course, this golf tournament thing, but I have no connections to golf courses. I don't know anybody there. You guys do. And I and I will toot your horn for you guys because even though I haven't been to one of your events, like I've seen what you guys have done through social media and all that. I've had conversations with Victor and, and Troy and Vance. You guys are good at what you do. So you guys don't have to do it. I'll do it for you. They're really good. And so um reach out to them because if, if you can make eight thousand dollars for your program that takes so much stress off of a season you're not trying to sell i mean no disrespect to the all these fundraisers but like i'm sure a golf tournament is a lot more fun than sending your athletes out selling rams cards right they're great i bought one for my kid the other day but still like a golf tournament is gonna be a lot more fun for everybody involved and it it's builds a sense of community too yeah definitely i i think and some of those other fundraisers that you that the teams are doing around here, they take a lot of time as well, right? I mean, you got to get the kids. I know, like Snap Raise, um, you got to get the kids to get email addresses, and you got to get them in, in in the classroom, and um, you know, it takes a lot of time. And then uh, I know what Horner does over there. I think at Casas, he has like an incentive tier based program where the more the the kids get raised, then they get something for them, you know, themselves off like a you know the prize sheet. So then he's got to worry about filling out the prize sheets, and he's got to order the, the product to get it in. So there's a lot of time. And and what we do is we take that time away, right? Now, obviously, we're going to need right. your contact list, right? We need to reach out to your your people um, and your organization. Um, and we need a contact that we have that we're working with side by side uh, in order to lead up to the tournament. And then on the day of, um, we usually ask for, like, especially with the sports ones, um, we ask for kids to come out, right? Uh, we're, we're working on, obviously, the CRMFS one. We bring the Avid kids out. Um, we're working on another one for a school in Roseville. We're going to have the football players come out um, and be there in their jerseys. So we obviously require some help, but what we say it's about, we do about 80% of the work and you guys do 20%, you know? So there's not that whole thing that you have to do throughout the you know six months. We do it all. And we'll fill you in and kind of keep you going on it. Um, and then on the day of is where we need the most help that want, you know, 
golf tournament day. For the most part, we're taking on all the responsibility. We're finding sponsors, we're finding vendors, we're dealing with the golf course, we're setting everything up almost like a wedding planner would for wedding, right? Um, I think that's kind of one of the analogies that we use a lot is that we're kind of like a wedding planner. Um, We want to set this great event up for you, use your input and be in communication through the whole process and then hope, you know, the day of goes smash. So that's kind of what we do. Um, and that's what we, we strive to do um, and get the kids involved and things like that. And the, the one thing that we do like to hang our hat on a little bit is our creativity. Um, that's more of my realm yeah. than Vance's. Vance just gets things done. Um, I'm the guy who's just <laughs> thinking around in his truck all day. And like, oh, that's a really good idea. But like there Vance was go. saying with the wedding thing that we always say is no wedding's ever going to be the same. Right. So when we run a golf tournament, no golf tournament's ever going to be the same. Josh, let's say this is your sports team that's going to run this tournament, right? We want to gear it towards you yep. and the people that are in in your little community. We, we're not running it for me in Vance. You know what I mean? We're running it for you. So we always say that it's the sports team's tournament. We're just the two little minions behind the scene that's making sure all the all the little things that you don't really think about running a, like with signs, with um, with registration, with all these little things that you wouldn't think about that you need to have printed. You have to have absolutely perfect and all the important running a golf tournament. A lot of people don't know this about a golf tournament, but like the number one thing that you want to have absolutely dialed in is registration. So that's one thing that we make sure we have down to a T because when they show up and they're checking in, they know, wow, these guys have it. This is going to be a really good day. These guys know exactly what they're doing. Let's go. Let's go spend some money and have some fun. Oh, 100%. Well, it's the same. Yeah. Same thing with, you know, like I mentioned, character combine earlier. Registration was something that Shireen always um, emphasized. She's like, this is the first thought they're making. So you got to make it a good one. And there was definitely certain people she wouldn't allow at the registration table, which I'm sure is the same for you guys. <laughs> good people just don't, you know, they don't, want, they don't need to be the face of the event. You know what I mean? Like put them like somewhere like on hold, like number eight. You know what I mean? Where they can't be can't mess it up at that point. Um, but yeah, and I imagine like, so, you know, you obviously, like we said, you have multiple fundraisers throughout the year, but a golf tournament is the biggest one that a, a team could could do most likely. And I imagine if that thing goes really well and you have your athletes involved, you have the coaches involved, you're, you're, you know, people are wearing jerseys, it's all branded for your sports team. I imagine that that will have a trickle down effect to other fundraisers you do. I imagine that people that go to let's say, I don't know if Casa does, Casa's football, they don't do a football uh, tournament, do they? Or do No, they, so they, they do a poker tournament right now. That's what we're it is, a poker tournament. <laughs> but I imagine they do a we're tournament. In, like we're that. in Horner's ear. Oh, I, I bet you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, that guy, he's like, I tell him every year, he's like the Pablo Escobar of selling fireworks. Like, I'm not even sure if what he's doing is legal. He just sells so many freaking. I, I think I'm. I think I bought like fifteen hundred dollars worth of fireworks last year, and I don't even. I, I don't and know what I was doing. You worked at the booth. You worked at the <laughs> booth. Even bring his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. So, but that, like I said, that being said, if you if you take his poker tournament or you know, um, people go to that, and then it's like such a success, then I imagine it makes them more likely to go to his firework booth, right? Or maybe more likely to buy the Ram card if they see a kid wearing the Rams jersey. And so I imagine that if you have a really good golf tournament, it can impact other things that you do. Maybe, maybe it's not even a fundraiser. Maybe it's just like, hey, we want to support that team because they run such a good event and they're doing it for such a good cause that, hey, we want to support what they're doing. So like, there's a lot of, I mean, from from my perspective, it seems like there's a ton of benefits to this, not just financially, but you know, just the image of your program. If you have a program that runs a really tight uh, tournament, I mean, that, it just makes you look good. It's like, okay, these people know what they're doing. 
Well, it's one of those things. It's kind of a trickle down effect. You know what I mean? So let's say you have a kid on the sports team, right? You're not going to have a hundred to 144 parents, right? Mm -hmm. In your program for the most part, unless it's maybe a football program. So now I'm bringing three of my buddies to come out here to see what the program's all about. Or let's say it's a nonprofit or a charity or whatever you decide to run your golf tournament for. Now you're getting so many more eyes on this. And now let's say the three of us are in a group. We finish. A lot of the times, especially in our tournament, a group will come and play. And next year they have two groups because they had such a good time. Now they have eight of their friends coming out to a tournament. So like you said, the more eyes you can get on a program, the better it is. Right. hundred um, percent. Well, it's, it's fun too. Like, like I said, I've for Cass's baseball tournament, every time they post pictures of that tournament, I see, you know, dudes that I played ball with. Or, you know, guys that were a couple years ahead or a couple years behind me. And so, like, it is this cool thing where it almost feels like once these guys are graduated and they always come back to play this tournament, I see the same guys come back every single year. And so, even even if we're, like, talking specifically about a sports program, it, it builds this uh, this camaraderie and this, like, this build up this tribe of your program. So, it's not just something that, hey, I'm going to play here four years and then I'm gone. Like, no, it's like it, you get to build a program that has a lasting effect and that goes beyond the four years that they're in school. They come back and it just continue, continues to build up this legacy of the program. I think it's kind of a cool thing. And like I said, I mean, I, I really do feel like the golf tournament is the biggest one that I see. You know, when when people are, are doing these types of fundraisers and you see alumni come back, it's always the golf tournaments because it's, it's something that they love to do already. Now they just get to do it with old buddies and, and their, you know, their former school, which is a pretty cool thing. So, um, Vance, are you still are you still coaching? So actually, this is the first year in 16 years I'm not coaching. Dang. Okay. So yeah, well, yeah, my wife and I just had our second baby uh, about uh, eight months ago. Thanks, man. So awesome. yeah, I told Horner at the beginning of last year um, that I was probably going to call it quits after last season, um, but that doesn't mean I'm not there. I I've gone to every single game. <laughs> I've been to all of them except tonight. Obviously, couldn't make it tonight, but. Uh, I've been to every game. I went to the the poker tournament. I go sit up in the booth and run the scoreboard. Um, it's been a little interesting not being involved um, at the level I have been for the last sixteen years. Um, but it's been uh, it's been fun. I've been able to spend a little bit more time with the family. Uh, I've really really been trying to focus on our, our business. Right. I mean, we're we're doing something that we love, and and I felt like I needed to commit. Um, you know, I'm obviously still doing the Mr. Pickles thing, but uh, I'm I'm spending a lot of time on this, and I really it's something that I believe in. Um, and I think that we we have a good shot of being you know a, a great business and helping a lot of people. So I've really kind of focused on you know some of the some of the things that I want to take more priority in my life right now. Um, and that's not, that's not to say that I don't miss football, but it's been uh, it's been an interesting journey trying to kind of navigate everything. I feel like for a long time I I did everything, and now I have to kind of ease back because I got to focus on you know, things that are more important at the time. Um, you know, my family being one of them, you know, just trying to, trying to be here with my two amazing daughters, um, as they grow up and, and start getting into the sports in their own, you know, in their own minds, my daughter is five and she's starting to play soccer and, uh, you know, she wants to do gym and all this stuff. So it's kind of a, an interesting transition. Um, one of those things that when I was coaching, I never had kids right up until the last five years, I coached for 11 years and I didn't, I didn't have a kid in the program. I didn't, it wasn't like I was coaching because, you know, my son was going to be there. I just coached because I love to coach, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, and over the last few years, you know, my daughter started to get older. Um, it just kind of changed in my head. Um, you know, I've got kids now that are obviously taking a forefront to some of the kids that I may have been coaching before. 
Um, it's kind of been an interesting thought in my mind. And I, I definitely miss football. Um, miss it being out there on Thursday nights, Friday nights with the, you know, with the guys and the camaraderie of it. Um, but I do enjoy the time that I've been able to have with my family um, and focus on starting this new business. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys, so for both of you guys, do you think you'll go back to coaching at some point? Definitely for me. I, I don't know if I, I, I don't know. I, it might be next year, but <laughs> week, week four. Yeah. It's we're yeah. on week four. three. So week four, we're going to um, get back. Just see yeah, I definitely the booth onto the field. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, middle of the game. Uh, yeah. I'm like, Horner, don't call that play. Come on, let me do it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I'll be back. Okay. What about you, Troy? It's one, it's one of those things like down the road. I could definitely see myself. Um, I got a little one at home too. Yeah. He's three, so not quite into sports yet. Um, like Vance was saying, we both have um, jobs right now and we're looking to make this business be our full-time job to have a little more, you know, flexibility to be around the family more and do something that we absolutely love. I mean, who wouldn't want to golf three, four times a week and then run tournaments on the weekend and, you know, build those relationships that we've already started building with um, the different vendors and the different golf courses that we we've already built relationships with the more that we can build or taking clients out to golf during the week or that kind of same. So we're just looking, you know, to take that next step to eventually be this be our full-time job for both of us. So right now we're putting in the work, you know, as much as we can and we're having a really good time doing it. I love it, man. That's awesome. Especially, yeah, when you can find something that you love and you can make money doing it, like there's nothing better than that. Hopefully one day with this podcast, that'll happen. Not yet. Just doing it for the love <laughs> of the game right now. I'm okay, with, I'm okay with that. Plus it gives me a, my wife a break for me for a, like an hour and a half. So um, yeah, I, don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys mentioned this, but obviously, you know, you, you talked about programs. If we're talking, we're talking about uh, coaches, athletes, and anybody who runs the program. It takes up a lot of time, but then on the, on the other side of that too, is if they decided to take on a golf tournament by connecting with you guys and hiring you guys, they can avoid some massive, because I can't even imagine what it would be like to put all that time, all that effort into putting on a golf tournament and then having it be a massive flop when they can just call you guys and you guys could help them avoid all of that and make sure it's like a guaranteed success. You know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, that would just be a, like a horrible feeling to put in months and months and months of, of effort and then just to have it flop. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's a six month commitment. Um, we like to book our um, golf course and our date uh, anywhere from six to seven months in advance. Um, and then those next two months are just going hard trying to get uh, sponsors and vendors. And we don't even really start registration until three to four months before the tournament. So there's so much work that goes beyond this behind the scenes from that four to six month range that people don't really think about or really even know. A lot of people kind of wait and push it off and then think they can do it at the last minute. I think one of the things that we've seen, um, you know, cause we have seen some, some tournaments that were flops, you know, that's, that's part of it. Um, one of the things that we, we see in those types of tournaments is somebody says, Oh, I want to put on a, a golf fundraiser or a golf tournament um, for my program because they have, you know, the reach to people, right. They know, Oh, I know people that will golf. That's the biggest thing that we hear. Like, Oh, I, you know, I, I could fill up a tournament. No problem. Sure. It's, you know, it's pretty tough to fill up a tournament, but you know, everybody knows a golfer and that golfer knows three other golfers. So sure. that's like one of the easier parts, but it's still tough. But so they go, Oh, I, I can, I can fill up a tournament, you know, but once you fill the tournament, what's going on in your tournament? You know, what is, yeah. are they going out there? Are they having a good time? Or are you even raising any money? You know? So these are the things that we do and that we ask the questions that we've asked in the past is, you know, 
what what are they doing at the tournament? Are they engaged? Is there prizes? Is there raffles? Is there auctions? Is there contests? Is there, you know, things that get, get the people excited about it? Um, and if not, then that's going to be a flop, right? You may have had 65 or 80 golfers out there and yeah, you made a little bit of money on the, on the, uh, you know, golf entry, entry fee, fee. Yeah. but you're not going to be making anywhere near what you could be making if you made the tournament enjoyable um, and then put things in the right places and, and, you know, did those better. So you're going to get that flop. I mean, you had 80 people, but it wasn't that fun. And then they're not going to come back next year. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's maximizing the amount of money that you can make with the people that are there. Right. The more fun that the people are having, the more enjoyment. Sure. Alcohol helps with that. But again, like we said, not all yeah. tournaments are going to have alcohol. A lot of them do because golf and alcohol usually go hand in hand, but there's some tournaments that don't we've played in some that don't have it. And we still had a really good time. Um, I think the most important thing is when you get butts in the seats is like Vance was saying, you got to make it fun for them. And then they're going to open up their wallets a little bit more to spend that extra money. And then they're going to want to return the next year. So it is so important if you're going to be running a golf tournament to just absolutely crush it the first time you do it. And it's very hard if you've never done it before. Sure. Yeah. I I think one of the things that, Real quick, Troy and I always yeah. ask, right? So Troy, like Troy said before, he's the idea man between the two of us. I'm more of the business side of it, um, you know, how to get things from Troy's brain out onto the golf course. <laughs> it ain't um, easy. <laughs> so we always, I, like I always ask myself, okay, is this, is whatever the idea is, right? Troy pitches me an idea and I say, is it going to make us any money? Okay, no, it's not going to make us any money. Well, that doesn't mean it's the end of the conversation. Sure. Is it going to provide enjoyment to the golfers? Right. Yes. Okay. Is that going to outweigh the cost that it's losing us? If it's a, if it's a good, you know, a good give and take, then that idea might be something that we could do. And that's where we go back to, we don't charge for a lot of things on our, on our golf course and our, in our tournaments, because, you know, we want the, the people to have fun. So we may take a little bit of a hit on one side of it to provide this experience for our golfers but it's going to recoup in the long run. So we always, I always do like a, you know, a cost benefit analysis of each idea or each prize or each game that Troy and I kind of come up with um, to see whether or not it's going to benefit our pocketbook or if it's going to benefit the enjoyment for the golfers. And we have to make that balance. And the thing that people don't understand is we can add extra things and then it could cost us $0 to do because we're working our butt off and finding a sponsor. So let's say we come up with a crazy game with some cool prizes, but it's brought to you by Mr. Pickles Sandwich Shop or something like that. So it's costing us $0, but now we're giving them something. We're still going to make a little money off the spot, but now we're giving them another event. Because a lot of people that play in uh, charity golf tournaments, they're not always like great golfers. Yeah. They're out there to have a good time. Tournament, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but in a scramble tournament, everyone hits their their tee shot, and then you go to the best tee shot. Everyone picks up their ball and they hits it from there. So if you have one good shot every once in a while, still a good time out there. Still a good time. Yeah, that's I actually learned that it was like maybe six years ago. I was asked to through Character.com, I was asked to uh, help out at the Grant Napier Golf Tournament out in uh, mm-hmm. Lincoln. And learned a little bit. I didn't understand the scramble thing because, like I said, I'm not a golfer at all. Like, what is what is going on here? I just saw like, people moving all throughout the course. Like, how is I, I don't understand this golf thing at all. I guess. Um, but, <laughs> Why did I just pick up his ball? <laughs> like, this is how it works. I can do this, um, but no, it's it was interesting because like so many people there had a great time, and and you kind of when they were driving me to the hole that I was working at, you saw all these cool things that they had set up for each different hole, 
it'd be so bizarre to see a tournament without if it was just like a straight golf course no i mean that'd be so bizarre but i imagine some people think that's all it is some people do that so we we played in a tournament a few weeks ago and it was like so there's 18 holes on a golf course right and troy and i like to fill up all 18 holes you have some sort of prize or some sort of drink or some sort of game food. something at each of the whole mm-hmm. food um we have something at each of the holes right so every time you pull up you're like oh what's going to be on this one is it going to be jello shots or is it going to be you know a taco bar i don't know so there's something at every single hole well we played in this one a couple weeks ago and it was like we went like four or five holes without anything on it there was they they put an ice chest out with bottled water and that was it you know and and like I mean, I mean, that's fine to have, but if you sprinkle that in with some other exciting stuff around it, that's okay. Yeah. It's one of those sure. things. It's like, it wasn't like we weren't pulling it up to the next hole. Like one of the, uh, one of the tables had just t-shirts on it. It's like, okay. But like, to be fair though, it was really, really, really hot that day. So I understand. <laughs> and that's another thing that we kind of like a wedding planner, like Vance says, we are so stringent on time of our tournament day of the week of our tournament and time of the year dates are so important we look at like okay well the super bowls that week so the pro bowls this one should we do that people what would it go when's easter when's this spring break are the kids out of school are people going to be on vacation all those things come into play before we even book a golf tournament because like a wedding um, we would talk to our people. Um, Friday is going to be a little cheaper than Saturday and Sunday. Monday is going to definitely be cheaper. But are we going to get more bodies on those days, or are we just going to eat the extra thousand to two thousand dollars, whatever it would be, from those a hundred golfers? So it's just there's so much that go into it. I mean, we could talk your ear off for months about everything that we love to talk about. Oh no, I have I have no doubt. It, it makes me realize why I don't do what you guys are doing. Like this would, <laughs> my tournament would not be great. Um, but so let me ask you this before we get out of here, cause we have a few more minutes before I get you guys out of here. Cause I want to make sure I'm respectful of your time. Um, it brought this idea of like, what's that? Thank you. Yeah. Not a problem. <laughs> I try my best connectable. My other podcast might be a different story when we get, when we have you guys on there, that'll be perfect. We'll, we'll let loose on that one. It'll be a little different. All right. Um, but, uh, so as far as like the, this idea of fun and having fun at every hole, like for each of you guys, I want you guys to both answer this question. What would you say so far has been like the most fun uh, addition to like a hole at a tournament? Like what was like, what is like that thing? You're like, this is the dopest thing we've ever done. And well, I'm going to go first. So oh, he's got an answer ready. He's going yeah, to take my answer yeah, on my idea. Yeah, we're, we have the same answer. So <laughs> All right. um, about seven years ago, uh, we hooked up with this company called Launching for Charity. Uh, four okay, spelled F-O-R-E. Right. Um, and this is hands down. Uh, I've gotten to know the owner, Matt Augustine. He's a, he's a cool guy. Um, and this is hands down by far the coolest addition to any golf tournament. If you don't want to run one of our golf tournaments, don't want to have us do it for you, call these guys and have them come out because it just makes everything awesome. So basically what it is, it's a it's an air pressurized cannon um, that they set up on a tripod on one of the tee boxes. Um, and you launch your golf ball for your drive. So you pay twenty dollars. Um, I think it's sixty bucks for the group or twenty bucks per person. And each person gets to go up there and essentially, you know, mount this air cannon. It's got a trigger on it, and they put the golf ball in there. The guy gets lined up, and you launch this thing, and it shoots the ball over four hundred and fifty yards. What? 
So it is, right. it just makes you feel like when you grab that cannon and you squeeze the trigger, it just makes you feel like a, I don't know what it does, man, but it's, it makes you feel great. So it literally like on a par That's five. Awesome. So what ends yeah. up happening is uh, we tell the, we tell the customers if they pay for it, you know, then they get the chance to shoot their tee shot from wherever it lands. So that next wow. thing you know, it's a 500 yard par five or, you know, and they, they might be close to the green or even on the green. So now they're putting for a, a double Eagle or a hole in one. Yeah. A hole in yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Two on a par five. That's cool. So that's awesome. it's, it's, that's one of the coolest additions that we've had. Um, and it kills it every year. I, people, I've done it, you know, we've done it seven years in a row. Everybody like the participation in that hole alone, we have 36 uh, groups, literally all 36 will participate. It's 60 bucks a group right there. I don't even know what that math is, but that's like 2000 bucks, 1800 bucks. So yeah. like Vance said, awesome. it's just those little things that you add to a tournament where they're not even thinking about, okay, well, I'm spending extra money. Um, obviously, it costs a little bit of money to have Launch for Charity out there, but um, we've been able to luckily been, get sponsors the last few years to cover that cost. So um, it's those little things. Um, I would say the coolest thing, um, one year, I think it was about four years ago. So the hardest thing to do is how you're going to maximize the amount of profit you get on something. Um, so we had a weekend stay at a cabin in Tahoe. Um, and so normally, um, we have a really good looking auctioneer at our tournament every year, um, <laughs> myself and <laughs> obviously, yeah. And then, uh, so let's say a weekend cabin stay, we would say maybe $500, let's say, um, it's first eight, I think it was for eight people, whatever it was. Um, and that's on the high end. So we're like, how can we make more money on this? So I come up with this crazy idea. I go, Hey Vance, could you make me a treasure chest? He goes, you got it, Troy. So he makes a treasure chest out of this. I don't even know how he did it because that's definitely not on my side of things, but he makes a treasure chest. We yeah. put the um, weekend stay in there. We put some rum in there. We put um, some other cool little goodies in there. I think we put a foursome in there. So it was cost about $750. Um, we shut the treasure chest. We put a lock on it. Um, we put two pirates out of this hole. Um, these two very nice ladies that I worked with. Um, and they're okay. passing out rum shots. Okay. Um, so everyone at this hole is getting rum. And so what you can do for $20 or whatever was you can buy a combination code to the lock. So we sold a hundred locks there. So we made, you know, I $2, think $2,000 $2, wow. on the treasure chest for something that costs us maybe $700 and everyone got a free rum shot. So obviously it cost us a little bit to put the rum out there. And well, yeah. we also got the cabin donated for free. So it didn't even cost us that. Oh, yes. Wow. So awesome. we, it was pure profit except for the rum and cause some of the Ubers we had to pay for. So, <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, it, yeah. I think that was one of the cooler things just because the two people volunteers is another thing that are very important. If you do get volunteers that are into it and aren't having a good time and aren't pleasant and making sure everyone's having a good time, that's huge too. And these two that we had on there actually dressed up like pirates. I didn't think they that's actually awesome. were. I just kind of said in jest and they showed up as pirates and we're talking. I think they played like uh pirates of the Caribbean themes and we're passing out <laughs> shots of rum. So that's I think awesome. that that's the most, one of the most memorable holes I can remember other than launching for charity, obviously. Yeah. No, I love that. Those are, those are two awesome ideas. And yeah, I agree, man. The volunteer thing, like you, it, it's kind of like an understated thing sometimes, but how important those volunteers are. And if, if a volunteer sucks, like I've, I've gone to some <laughs> events, um, where the volunteers did and, and you can just see on their face, like, I would rather be anywhere else. It was like, 
it is it automatically puts you kind of in a bad mood too because it's like you're around this person you don't want to be they don't want to be here so i can't even imagine that someone would would want to volunteer for your guys's event um and not have a good attitude like it just doesn't seem like it would be like you're not right even around those people it seems like well yeah, we've been pretty fortunate over the years and it's one of those things too as people running the tournament i mean vance and i are having more fun than anybody in the world right yeah. so obviously that's going to trans transfer to the people that are volunteering they see how giddy we are at 6 30 in the morning the sun's not even up and we're high-fiving and chest bumping and yeah. all this we're so excited to be there i think like it just rubs off on the people that you have out there 100 percent. yeah you have to set that tone and again that's where it kind of goes back to your guys's you know experience coaching too right like you guys are setting the tone for the entire day and, and people feed off of that and they follow follow your lead so i think i think that's awesome um I had a question if I lost it. Oh, do you guys, I've always wondered this. Do you guys actually play in the tournament? Like, are you guys able to do both? So we do in our tournament, the CRMFS tournament, we do play. Okay. Um, we, we've got some additional help other than ourselves. Um, you know, Jeannie Rodriguez, uh, Victor Rodriguez, you know, yeah. Bailey, Ruben, Sarah, everybody, all the, all the board members, Kevin and Lisa. Um, so we do have other board members that will, you know, help us out. Um, so we do everything up to the time we tee off and then we go out and play and then they usually set up the raffle area and the, and the dinner. And then we come back and kind of pick it up from there. Yeah. Um, but with our business, we don't play. We're, we're there strictly, sense, strictly to be, you know, or we work for them, you know, so we, whoever the organization is, we're there to make sure that's a good time. Um, so we're not playing. We're, we're there from at six o'clock in the morning until, you know, six o'clock at night. We're doing whatever we need to do. Um, you know, making sure all the volunteers get out to the right holes and everything's set up. So we're, we're not playing on those ones, but we, ha we do play in our own tournament. Yeah, at our own tournament, we start at 9 a.m. I'm literally running to the first tee box because I'm making the announcement for everyone. I make sure everyone's out, make sure everyone's registered, and then I run over to the first hole. That's why I put myself there. Everyone gets mad at me because I tee off on the first hole. But um, <laughs> we run it. We can do whatever we want. Um, so so I, I run over the first hole. Um, we get back. Um, we All the directors kind of talk. We make sure all the volunteers get off the holes. Everything's put away. Um, they have everything written down for me and ready to go for what I'm going to say. Um, and all the auction prize and all the raffle prizes and all that. And we go from there. But like Vance said, when we run a tournament for our clients, um, we're there to run the tournament. We're not there to play. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a you know, good say in the community to help with that registration process and get some extra golfers for some of these tournaments we run. Right. Yeah, no, and I should have specified. I was I was referring more to the uh, the Crystal tournament. That would be wild if you guys played in every tournament you guys put on or help put on. <laughs> that would be, be fun. Like, but... yeah, it would be fun. Like, what's <laughs> What's the intention behind these guys? They want to do this and play? Yeah, it'd be a weird thing. <laughs> well, we we do play in the Casa Baseball tournament almost every year with the one that Tupper runs. So that is one that we will see us playing in. And then you guys are also, are you guys also helping run that one? Or can not, you yet. not yet. So, oh, not yet. Not yet. We're in Tupper here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where Tupper's been doing it so long. Um, we'll see. He knows how much hard work it is. I think yeah. it. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that he wouldn't just want to pass it off to you guys. Not saying that he can't do it. I'm just saying, like, I know he has a lot of other interests outside of, uh, you know, fundraising. Yeah. Well, so on, to be honest with you, Tupper's built up a program that, or a tournament that can run itself, kind of like our Crystal Tournament, right? I yeah, mean, it's yeah. been around for so long; it has that stigma, just like ours does. 
Sure. Um, you know, hey, every year I'm going to play in it. You said it earlier. Yep. So that once you get to that point, it's not as hard to run the tournament. You know, I, I, we're not going right. to tell everybody that. We're going to keep something a secret. <laughs> but once you get to that point, it, it it definitely is easier. So, I mean, there's still – we can do some things for Tupper, and we're working with him. But I think he's got it to a point now where it's going to have 100, 100 golfers every single year. Um, you know, he's got people that he's worked with. So that makes it easier once you do it several times. And what's nice with Tupper's too is, I mean, he has people on the board and all that kind of stuff. And it's, you're cycling through different parents, sure. you know, cause you're, you know, they're only going to be there for four years. So you have a different new blood each year to help him out with that process. But it's one of those things. It took him a while to get to where his tournament's at now. Mm-hmm. I believe it's got to be his seventh or eighth annual at least. I think it's eighth, yeah. And that brings me oh, to a good yeah. point, Troy, what you just said. Um, Josh, I think when we start talking about sports teams, you're going to get that turnover in volunteer help, right? Yeah. So you have a kid that's in the program for four years. You're going to get their parents to help out for four years, three years, whatever it is. And then it's going to be a totally new group of people. You're going to get constant turnover. So doing a, a tournament with us – we have the blueprint. So all we need to do is plug in the new people and tell them what to do, you know, because we're running everything. We don't have to have, you know, whoever the, the president of the booster club was last year who ran everything is now gone. And we don't know how to run a tournament anymore. You know, we have that consistency um, year in and year out because we've already, you know, we have established the tournament. So that was one thing that we, we bring up in our, all of our pitch meetings is that, you know, you've got so much turnover and you already do a lot of volunteer work let us take some of that off your hands and and we'll do it for you and keep it consistent. Right. Because maybe you have something that was the most cool thing in the world, right. They had launching for charity out there. um, And they didn't know the person, the new person that came in is running the tournament and they didn't know about launching for charity and they didn't get it back next year. And everyone's like, well, where did that thing go? That was so awesome. You know? So that's part of what we do as well is that we can keep it consistent and continually year in, year out, see that, you know, production and, and that revenue, for the same tournament. Yeah. We say it all the time too. In all the meetings that we take, we don't want to run your tournament for one year. We want to run it for the next five to 10 years because we're going to give you a tournament where we're going to just, you're not even going to think about it. You're going to be cashing a, you know, a four to five figure check every time that we run the tournament for you. So it's one of those things. It should be, should be something that a lot of people look at and are like, wow, that's, that's kind of nice. You know, I'm, it takes a little bit off my plate and I'm still just think how much, you know, anywhere from eight to $15,000 can do for, you know, an organization, whether it be a nonprofit, um, some sort of charity or a sports team. Yeah. hundred percent. And I'll say this before we get out of here. Um, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I, I can't overemphasize this enough. Uh, Vance, man, you helped us with character combine. You provided, you know, we, we hired you to bring in the lunch and, and handle that whole thing. We had to do very little because you guys handled so much. And Troy, when it comes to bringing the fun to an event, man, we've, like I said, we've done enough podcasts together. Uh, I enjoy <laughs> your guys' podcasts. I always enjoy you on our podcast. Uh, he's a fun dude. And so, you know, when you put these two guys together, like it seems like a, a really good partnership because you have the best of both of those worlds, the business side of it, the fun side of it, the creativity, all that. And so um, I can vouch for both of these guys, even though I don't uh, have a golf tournament tournament myself. I, you know, yeah. based on what I've seen and what I've interacted <laughs> with them, like you want to, you want to get connected with these guys for sure, because it's, it's going to only be a plus for sure. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, man, absolutely. And as people know, I would not say it if I didn't mean it. I would just keep my mouth shut. So I mean all those things. Uh, if they wanted to get in contact with you guys, 
Um, if they want to go get a sandwich, just pitch everything, man. You guys have so many things. Troy, your podcast. I should have given you guys more time, but go ahead. Pitch it, pitch it <laughs> no all, man. Right. Pitch it all. <laughs> uh, so you can go to our website, uh, charitygolfguys.com. Um, and then we also have uh, social platforms, Insta uh, and Facebook, um, Charity Golf Guys at the Charity Golf Guys. Um, yeah, I'm not going to plug Mr. Pickles. I think we'll be all right there. But yeah, no, the uh, the Charity Golf Guys, you can find us online and on, their, on our social. Um, yeah. And then if you're interested in the uh, the Crystal Rodriguez Memorial Golf Tournament, uh, we have a website called thecrystalclassic.com. Uh, you can go on there and that's got all the information for the, uh, for the tournament coming up on October 1st. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't really need to talk about the podcast, but it's the Spivey special podcast um, at Spivey special everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, I think farmers only. I'm not quite sure what other ones we're on now. Um, just all those, you know, normal social media sites. Um, yeah. Charity golf guys, uh, check out our website. Um, our Instagram has been a lot of fun to build over the last uh, few months since our, our business has been, uh, Brewing for 11 years, but our social games really take it off in the last 30 days. So we're having an absolute blast, that's giving awesome. us a reason to go out into golf just to take pictures so we can post it on there. At least that's what we're telling our wives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, man, I uh, appreciate what you guys are doing. Good luck with everything. And uh, yeah, man, we'll be, we'll be in touch soon for sure. All Thanks, right, Josh. Man. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Yep, absolutely.